Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is our seventh heaven podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we'll we will be singing the entire time. No. <laughs> we will be discussing season nine, episode 15, the title of which is Red Socks, um, not spelled with an X. Um, and the our IMDb user synopsis is. The cast shows their singing skills as they express their feelings about Valentine's Day. Simon starts dating another gal. The twins celebrate their birthday. Um, interesting fact about this episode, it was written by Martha Plimpton, who appeared as a person yeah. um, a few episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forget she dated someone or something. Didn't she date Matt or something? No. I don't know. <laughs> Matt's married. <laughs> Matt. She was... What was she? Didn't she she tried to hit on Martin? Yes, she thought she's a police she, groupie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She chases the blue uniforms. I remember now. Her dad died in the sh- in the show. Um, anyway, this is well, what was your first impression? Okay, well, uh, my first impression is going to include some various facts about this episode. So this is as Seventh Heaven fans know and as our listeners don't. That some that don't. This was the musical episode. Um, so, our assumption is that after the like the wild success of the Buffy um, musical, Buffy the Vampire Slayer musical episode, Seventh Heaven tried to recreate it, but they flopped like tremendously. Apparently, for a very long time, it was the lowest rated episode. Like. Ro- like until another another episode of another seven, bad episode of Seventh Heaven. Heaven, it was the lowest rated episode ever on the WB, um, and it was like a big mistake, and a lot of people really hated it, uh, and we really hated it. And this is going to be a brief episode because nothing really happened. Yeah, it was just like a, reasons for people to sing songs. Also, to say that like um, I was reading that Beverly Mitchell didn't sing in this episode, but she actually has a good voice. Didn't she write a song for Jeremy? Or something, or she like performed for Jeremy. If you and she, and she sang that time after her friend died. I think. Yeah. And or did she? I don't remember. Or what, I think in real life, when her friend died, she wrote. It was the poem. She wrote a poem. poem. Never mind. But um, and uh, like other cast members didn't have to sing. Like David Gallagher didn't have to sing in this episode. Simon's in this episode, but like and and Brenda Hampton specifically said she doesn't want her actors to be embarrassed. But then she like, kind of forced the actor that plays Kevin to do it, and he didn't want to do it. Apparently. So, yeah, but obviously this was kind of just, like, a reason for Stephen Collins to, like, masturbate, because, um, I don't know, like, he was, like, all about it. Isn't that, like, music, music his career and stuff? Yeah, he, he was on Broadway, and he had a, a okay. musical theater career prior to becoming a television and film actor. And we haven't seen him singing or, like, performing on 7th Heaven for a while. I feel like usually he was, like, he yeah, had his epi- band, yeah, yeah, or something. Like, we had, like, some moments with him singing and stuff. But, um, yeah, we are going to get into it now. So, we'll start with Ruthie. We'll start Uh, with the cold open. Oh, yeah. It's a Valentine's Day episode, by the way. Yeah. Uh. So, um, I don't really know where to start. Like, first we just have music playing, which is uncharacteristic. Like, it's not the normal 7th Heaven music. And we see the Rev and the twins come downstairs, and they're in the kitchen. Well, we see the Rev leaving... Annie in the bed and he goes downstairs and he starts pulling stuff out of the fridge and the twins are there and he's like oh we are going to make mom pancakes for um, breakfast in bed for Valentine's Day Um, and they I don't know who cares 
Yeah, because it's Valentine's Day. It's a friend's birthday. They're trying to do something nice. Um, and they're singing before the... Is there singing before the... No. No, there isn't. That's just it, right? That's the cold open? Yeah. Uh, we come back. Um, well, we'll start with Ruthie now, yeah. So, um, Ruthie is clearly in a bad mood. She's not about Valentine's Day. She's being very bitter. So both Aaron and I assume that something's gone wrong with Vincent. We find out very early in the episode that Vincent hasn't called her in three days. Yeah. Um, which isn't that many days. But I guess when you're in high school and when it's like your first boyfriend, I guess that is a long time. So my question is, um, like, is it three days... Was it, like, a weekend or something so they didn't see each other? Or was it three days and then they were also in school? Yeah, because, like, if she saw him in school... Then it would be fine. If you didn't talk for three days on the phone, but you saw each other every day in school... But I gather that they hadn't spoken at all in three days. Yeah. And the first time he, she sees him on Valentine's Day, he's walking the, in the hallway with a girl, so she's, like, jealous. Um, and, like, he, she gets back, to, back at him by walking with a random guy who has the most ridiculous... 2004 or 2005 hair you've ever seen. Yes. Remember when boys used to not just, cut their hair, but and also just flip up the top, but like use an incredibly heinous amount of gel. Yeah, my brother still does that. And um, like the like the it looks like Frankenstein, like or Munsters, the Munsters, the dad oh, from the yeah, Munsters. Her, Herman. Yeah, Herman Munster. That's what the hair looks like. Um, so she, she walks off with this random guy, and then like. They're, like, basically what's going on is that he's upset because she didn't call him, and she's upset that he didn't call her. And in the next scene, we have um, Ruthie very bitterly watching baseball practice. Yeah. Um, because Martin and Zoe are th- might be a thing again, but we'll explain that later. And Vincent shows up. Yeah, and he performs a number, and it is accentuate the positive, which is, I learned in, like, Catholic school, like, that's like a, it's sort of a religious song. Wait, really? Well, they say, like, they use, they use, like, religious examples, like, Old Testament examples. Oh, okay. Of, like, um, Jonah and the whale and Noah and the ark. Where is, um, that song from? Uh, I'm not exactly sure, actually. are all, are, were all these songs from musical theater? All of these are real songs. Real I don't songs from know okay. where they all came from. Okay, yeah. We only know what the songs' names are. I don't think we've looked up. We didn't look up where they are all where, from. Yeah. Um, so, um, oh, we missed the first song. Ruthie sings a song prior to oh, this. Oh, yes, that is true. Which is Nice Work If You Can Get It, which is from the musical Nice Work If You Can Get It. Um, and that's just her singing after, um, after she talks to Vincent and she's like, you never called me, and then she sings that song. But anyway, Vincent comes up to her, and he's like, I'm ready to forgive you for not calling me. Why can't you forgive me? And then he sings the song, and all is forgiven. Um, and then he's like, they talk on the phone later. No, he comes up, He well, yeah, yeah they do. They talk on the phone later, and no, 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 they, they, they speak in person. And he's like, do you want to go out tonight? And Ruthie's like, it's a school night, and it's the twins' birthday. Why don't you just come over? So they decide that uh, Vincent is going to come over for the twins' birthday party or whatever. We don't actually get to see it. But then Vincent comes over later, and all he does is bring Ruthie um, roses from his mother's rose bush, which we will come back to. And then after he drops off the flowers, he leaves, and that's it. And they seem to be back on again, which is good. I actually like this relationship as well. Um, So far, I've liked all of Ruthie's relationships, I feel like. Yeah. Peter and Vincent. 
Um, so moving on, uh, we have some Martin, like a very small Martin storyline. Yeah, like Zoe is back in his life, sort of. Um, she's, well, when Ruthie is watching the baseball practice, we see Zoe is at the baseball practice and just like giving Martin eyes and trying to like flirt with him. And it distracts him a little. Um, but, and, like, she says something like, you know, if you want, me and you, we can get together, and you know, and he's like, I don't think so. I don't know if that, what the you know is supposed to be, because it's Seventh Heaven, but could be any number of things. I think given, given Zoe's history with Martin, that it is to have sex, because she already lied and told people that they had sex. And then he's like, I don't think so, and then she's like, well, fine, we can just talk and stuff. And she, like, later on, she's at the Camden house... And they're on the couch, and she's trying to get all cozy up with him. And he's like, I'm not, like, I've only really been in one relationship, serious relationships before. And he's like, she's like, oh, maybe you want a casual one. And he's like, not if you mean casual sex. So, I don't know. I don't know what their status is. Like, she's obviously interested in something more than he is. And he's, like, very staunchly opposed to it. I think at the end of this, it kind of makes it seem like she gets that he's not just playing hard to get. And that if that's how she, he wants to play it, then she's, like, oh, going to try to do the same thing. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. We shall see. Anyway, that's Martin's whole storyline. And also, Simon has a very s- small, ridiculous... Like, nothing really made sense in this episode. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think it would have been a good musical episode if it, like, forwarded the plot or the characters at all. But it, but it was didn't. just songs in the middle of the episode. It was a very self-contained episode. Also, just to mention, uh, Tyler Hecklin does not sing in this episode. Uh, neither does Katie Cassidy, unfortunately. And David Gallagher does not sing either. Um, so, we see Simon at first in his apartment at school, and he's making out with this girl. Anna, we, we learn. Anna. And um, we find out they just met the night before, and they're already just, like, love at first sight, and... She wants to go to Glen Oak and see where he grew up, and she wants to meet his family, and Simon is like, no, I don't want you to meet my family yet. Um, and I don't know, they kind of allude to the fact that it's because he's had so many girlfriends this year. Um, and so, but they decide that they'll go to Glen Oak and just, like, explore the promenade or whatever because they have the afternoon off, and that's just, where they go. And Why would they go for a two-hour drive up or down to Glen Oak? What is in Glen Oak that is so nice to see that they couldn't see in any other part of California? It's where Simon grew up. Uh, whatever. It's childhood home. I guess. Um, so they're at the promenade, and they're, like, in front of the bookstore, and they, like, Simon leaves to go get a book from the bookstore, and, um, Annie spots them when she's out shopping. So she goes and sits next to Anna and says, by the way, I'm Simon's mother, that boy that you were making out with. And Anna, um, sorry, um... Annie and Anna. Annie, yeah, that's why, that's why I was mixing it up. Annie learns very quickly that this is a new girlfriend that he just met last night, and they're in love, and so she decides to warn her, um, this girl about, like, the kind of guy that Simon is. Though, you know what, like, Aaron and I were discussing this, this is not, like, he's not doing anything that is out of character. He's in college, he's, yeah. like, casually dating. Yeah, it, it, like, they're, they make a point of being, like, oh, how many girls have you dated... And he says, like, four? Well, it, no, but it's, that's not even true. He dated Cecilia. Because they talk about Cecilia, and I was like, th- that was the summer before he went back to school. And they talk about Georgia, and he went back to Cecilia, and then he went back to Georgia, and there was nobody else. That's correct. So, like, and so there, so even if he was casually dating a few people, he's in college, and that's what you do as a 
college student. Yeah, what, is he 19, 20-year-old? Yeah. Like, it's not a bad thing, and whatever. I think they're just, like, in this family, it's like, they see dating as a means to an end, the end being getting married, and if you, like, right. there's no point in dating if you're not going to get married to the person. So, there's a song, Annie sings a song to this girl. And it is called, Have You Talked to the Man Upstairs, or it's called The Man Upstairs, and she's just encouraging Anna and Simon to pray, because, as she says in the song, the man upstairs wants to hear from them. So, um... After that, Anna is like, Simon returns, and he's like, yeah, that was my mom, unfortunately, and Anna's like, how many girls have you dated? And he tells... He's like her, a few. His past, and then we next see Simon going into his apartment alone. So we gather like him and Anna broke up because of his his I don't know perpetual falling in love his at first sal- sight. His salacious past. Um, but then like and he calls the twins and wishes them every birthday. And then he's laying in bed and the doorbell rings or the, there's a knock on the door and it's Anna and they're like and she goes where were we and they start making out again. So I don't know what happened with Anna. And also, she's, like, not a recurring character, so... And also, she looked way older than Simon. Yes. I thought it was... I, I honestly, when I first saw them kissing, I thought it was going to be, like, a fun little thing where she he's like, yeah, I don't have class this afternoon. She's like, I don't either, but it's because she's a professor and he's a student. <laughs> and because that's how much older he, she looked than him. And I was like, oh, that'd be fun. Like, they find out that the other is not the, who they thought they were, but oh, it's, it wasn't like that the fun. the time that Mary dated the pilot. Yeah, exactly. Um... No. Well, none of that happens. So I don't know what the deal is with Anna. We don't need to know what the deal is with Anna because that's not who Simon marries. <laughs> and she's never to return, probably. Um, so next, it's Lucy. Lucy is back to her Lucy, Lucy, Lucy ways. Um, so she walks into the garage apartment and Kevin is getting ready no, for... No, they're in the bedroom oh. because they don't live in the garage apartment anymore. No, whatever. So Kevin is getting ready to go to work and it's pretty clear he's ready, getting ready to go to work and Lucy's like, where are you going? He's like, I have to return to work because I've been off for a while and... She's upset because he has to return to work on Valentine's Day. Which, okay... It's a fake holiday. Yes, but first of all, every other Valentine's Day they spend together, I mean, besides the engagement one, I guess... He's gone to work and then come back and they've done whatever. So yeah. why is it a problem that he's going to work? Are they really going to spend the entirety of Valentine's Day together? That's not how things work. That's not how life goes. Right. Yeah, and... So anyway, we learn when Kevin is at work, when Captain Michaels... We, well, he sings first. Oh, God, it's so awful. Yeah, he sings, uh, You Were Meant For Me. And, like, which... she forgives him a little bit, I guess. But basically, And he's off to work. Yeah, and... We see Captain Michaels, as you were saying. And he, he, we learned that, really, Kevin needed to get out of the house because he didn't get Lucy anything for Valentine's Day. This is just stupid. Because yeah. Kevin, someone who's married to Lucy, would never not get their spouse anything for Valentine's Day because you know she'll lose her mind about it. And so we have this, like, little, not a montage, but kind of like a bunch of scenes where he's opened up the yellow pages and he calls every flower shop on Valentine's Day asking for flowers as if... And they're all out of roses As if everybody doesn't know that already. Yeah. And on the other side of it, we have Annie and Lucy kind of talking. Annie's like, we'll get to Annie in a bit, but Annie's basically upset at the Rev and Lucy's upset at Kevin. So Lucy's trying to vent to her mother and her mother's like, you're being stupid for getting mad at him for going back to work. He's providing for you. And also, he's been out of the work for a month. And also, Valentine's Day is stupid. And I think, like, we don't really see it, but off screen, Lucy comes around and she's like, I'm going to make him cupcakes to, like, make him 
see that I'm sorry because I'm being stupid. And he comes home. Oh, well, he comes home, obviously flowerless. And this is when Ruthie's bouquet of rosebush roses comes into play. Yeah, so um, Kevin sees that Ruthie has the roses that Vincent brought her from his mother's garden. And he's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks for the roses. And Ruthie very smartly, yes, uh, smartly, uh, <laughs> takes the money and Kisses gives it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the flowers go to uh, Lucy. Lucy gives him cupcakes. They're all made up and happy together. And it's all, you know, butterflies and cupcakes. Or I guess roses and cupcakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and fi- I think that's it for them. And finally, so finally, the stupidest plotline: the parents. Which and what is and that's what like the episode is named after. So as we mentioned uh, at the beginning of this episode, the Rev is kind of trying to do something special for Annie, like trying to do like a be- breakfast in bed scenario. But it all kind of go and like trying to like just make her life easier on this Valentine's Day. But it all, all kind of goes horribly wrong. Yeah. So first. Well, no, the Rev is like, I have to take the twins to school, and I have to go to work, but the dishes still aren't done, and Annie was is like, oh, thanks for cooking me breakfast, but now I have to do the dishes, and the Rev is like, no, I'll do them when I get home, and he's like, oh, but I did the laundry, and Annie pulls out the laundry, and all of the whites are pink, because classic TV hijinks, if you put one red item in the washer with a bunch of white items, all of the white items will become pink, which, no. Real question for our listeners. Has this ever actually happened to you, like, when you put colors and uh, whites together in your laundry? and? Well, you usually wash whites on in cold water, I think. So, no, they wouldn't run, because hot water is what makes the colors run. I believe this is the science. Well, I do one big load of laundry. It doesn't matter. I know, I do. I throw everything yeah. in. Permanent press it, yo. And that's never happened to me before, so can if our listeners have actually had this experience where something has changed a color because you accidentally put a color in your white I have had when it, the first time you wash, like, if you wash, like, a pair of jeans for the first time with a white thing, you'll get, like, part of it will be discolored, but the entire thing won't turn blue. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know. Are you a laundry, like... Aficionado. Yeah, aficionado, that's the word I was looking for. Um, so anyway, and Annie's mad about that. And she's like, you always wear red socks. You can't remember that you wear red socks. And the Rev is like, I only wear red socks because you buy me red socks. Because she apparently buys him red socks every Valentine's Day. And Annie gets, like, disproportionately upset about the fact that he doesn't remember, like, the significance of red socks in their life. And so they also get off to a bad start. Um... In our next scene, we have... The Rev uh, calls the house and leaves a voicemail, and he's like, I'm sorry for uh, everything. A quirky thing about this scene, like, I'm just assuming the Rev is constantly calling his house, and probably is leaving a lot of messages, so he's heard the answering machine before, but he acts like he's hearing the answering machine for the first time, because it's supposed to be this cutesy thing the twins are doing with Annie in the background. Like, you've reached the camp. But guess, guess what? Just like every cutesy attempt on this show... It is not cute. Yeah, we're not even going to discuss what the twins are doing in this episode. No. Um, if you're ever expecting any twin-centered storylines to be discussed on Camden Cast, no. Sorry if <laughs> they're your favorite characters. characters. I don't know why, but yeah. We have opinions. We voice them. Yeah. Um, what, were, what was I saying? Hot takes. Yeah. Uh, then he sings a song. Actually, I think Stephen Collins sings the most in this episode. He does. And uh, what's the song he's singing? Uh, he sings, You Are My Lucky Star. And it's clearly about Annie. He's singing to a photograph about to Annie. And the photograph, I think Annie's wearing the same thing that she's wearing in the episode. So, so it's very. So they literally they took it the day of filming. Couldn't even go back in time. Um, 
anyway, fast forward to the end because who actually cares about what yeah. happens in the middle? Um, Annie is like the first time that you we went on like a real date, like a real Valentine's a real Day Valentine's Day date. You came over and I cooked you chicken, and I just remembered that like I was like a little bit hesitant about dating you because you, I knew you were a seminary student, and I thought you might be like really uptight or something. But then I saw you were wearing the red socks, and I knew you were like a laid back, chill minister to be. And, like, he, she felt sure that she actually liked him, and this was, like, the reason why. So every year for Valentine's Day, she's gotten Red Sox because they are the reason that he, she loves him. But she, this is the first time she's telling him this story, so how would he know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. People are weird. I feel like the thing with TV is they try to tell us that conversations that should have happened years ago or, like, days ago or maybe not at all are happening, like, now. Like, because there's a need for a lot of exposition. It's like, people don't usually talk about... Anyway, I'm done. Um, but that's really it. That's the end of the episode. I'm about to start beatboxing. Okay. Um, what are you rating it? You know, I've heard a lot about this musical episode, and I was really expecting it to be so ridiculous that I would give it, like, a high score just because, oh, my God. But, the shock, the awe. But it was honestly very boring, and I'm just going to give it a one. Point five. Good. Mic drop. Mic drop. She literally actually did the mic drop motion. Um, we are actually going to try to post some of on the... Time. Mu- on time? On time, yes. But also some of the musical numbers on our social media. Uh, so you can ch- ch- check that out on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at CamdenCastShow on Facebook.com slash CamdenCast. Um, look out for our next episode um, on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Um, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Why do I do that? I do that every Wednesday, time. I think it's just because like, it's the next day of the week. Yeah. You're like Wednesday and Thursday and Friday <laughs> and Saturday. Wednesday and Saturday. Um, and that's available on the Apple iTunes uh, podcast app on Stitcher and on SoundCloud.com slash CamdenCast. I'm Tanvi. I'm Aaron. This is CamdenCast. Cast.